in the works with brandon and usa hey brandon how's it going it's going well welcome back everyone. what are what are we doing okay so it's kind of a little different today so we've had some guests on and now and just kind of had an idea um of going back through the podcast or just picking out some stuff that we liked and talking about it because i feel with those podcasts you um Whatever you think in that moment is what you say, but maybe you uh, you don't know everything that the person's talking about, or maybe you have a couple ideas after. So that's kind of what we're doing. It's our first run of this, so <laughs> don't drop your phone. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, you know I'm I'm excited. It's also a discussion too. So if we just happen to enjoy. A certain topic or something pops into our head we're going to talk about it um so we we went to brogan's podcast brogan cooper so if you haven't seen that go back watch that because it'll make all this make sense i don't know if this will stand alone it was a good podcast i listened to it three times yeah (laughs) studying for it but um i don't know if this podcast will make sense on its own i think it probably will you just get far more context with who brogan is what he's talking about and why our subjects are coming up. So just go listen to that one. Come back, listen to this if you like. Mm. And um, yeah, so I guess we'll get into it. I just kind of time stamped everything. I watched it through and just stopped the time whenever um, I saw something interesting or needed to know more. Um, and I just went through that. So in the beginning of Brogan's podcast, he had a quote and that's what we've been doing we've been having our guests say a quote and the just uh just go watch it if you want to hear the quote but it was by henry david thoreau and i i kind of heard about henry david thoreau before but i didn't really know who who he was or why he's important so i just had a little bit about him Oh, um, thank God. Just a page. I, I have nothing. On I was him. like, yeah, Usa, you can tell me about Henry David Thoreau, correct? No, I can't. No. See, because I, the person uh, who who yeah, did the myth of Sisyphus, Sisyphus. Sisyphus is an essay by Albert Camus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. And so, yeah, no, the first the first quote, I was like, okay, I've heard of Thoreau. People quote him all the time. I knew he was an American philosopher, but I don't know anything else about him. So I wanted to just kind of give more of an overview because, I mean, I feel like you could do a whole podcast on the guy um, or at least a whole half of one. And I, I just didn't have the time to research very thoroughly. I haven't read any of his books or anything. So I feel like I'd kind of be um, not giving the best information possible so i just wanted to i have a, a page of uh, an overview oh, some yeah. quotes by disclaimer him. we are not experts we're we, not historians we just, <laughs> we, we're just briefly going through things so if you want to go more through depth, things yeah definitely research your own yeah. um but this will just be a way that you could kind of get into the ideas it's like an introduction yeah introductory just course knowing that it exists and things go deeper um So Henry David Thoreau, uh, that was Brogan's quote, was by him. Uh, He lived from July 12th, 1817 to May 6th, 1882. So that's about 65 years of life. And he was from Massachusetts. Uh, He also 
contributed to American transcendentalism, which I was just like, the hell is that? Do you know what that is? No. No. So apparently it was like a movement and a philosophy. Um, Again, this is where I'm kind of shaky. I don't know if it was a philosophy that drove a movement, a movement and a philosophy came out of it. Maybe it's both. You know, I'm not sure. Is it still around? Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, that's, that's what that's what he's kind of known for contributing to that. And transcendentalism is uh, it, it surrounds the idea that divine truth could be known intuitively. So you could be alone in the woods and you can discover divine truth. Yeah. It's not based in material. So it, uh, it promotes self-reliance and opposes materialism, which makes sense given what Brogan's podcast, like a lot of notes he touched there. So yeah, definitely. And I have a quote kind of relating to that. If a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music he hears, however measured or far away. And I really enjoy that. I mean, I've seen that a lot in my life. Um, people are just, you know, going to different rhythms. And what's to say that rhythm is incorrect? You know? That's true. So, And um, so Henry David Thoreau was also a friend of another transcendentalist, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And so this this whole movement or philosophy, I think, came from them. I don't know if it started with them, but um, I know Emerson was kind of uh, somebody Thoreau talked to a lot. They were friends. And uh, Emerson had land and let Thoreau build a cabin there. Uh, it was close by Walden Pond, and he wrote his first kind of book or essays whatever it is, uh, it's it's called Walden, or Life in the Woods, and it's just a very well-known work of his. And that's that's one where, I, when I was researching, I came across a lot of professors who were like, hey, read this book, and a lot of other people who were like, hey, read this book, you will just find so much more in it, you will uh, enjoy life more consuming the knowledge from it. I'm like, oh, okay. And I've never heard of this book before. And I've heard Thoreau mentioned, but I've never heard this book before. So I, I don't know. Have you heard it before? Do you um, know anything about it? No, not the book. And as for Thoreau, I... You don't know shit. <laughs> I don't know shit. I've only heard him probably like once in high school and then broken. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he went into this cabin to really um, think about things, experience life in a different way. And... He just learned so much. I, I think it was a pretty small cabin, too. It wasn't a big one. He tried to cut down on his materials, like only live by the essentials. Mm, essentialism. Mm -hmm, something like that. Minimalism, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, and, and so um, here's a quote from him of why he went into the woods. Um, I went into the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came back to die discover that I had not lived so I feel like it just when you peel away a lot of items when you go into a place that's you know it's it's not artificial by people it's very it's very wild and natural I mean it, you definitely discover context about yourself you understand because when you're around people you're definitely your context is what other people are doing and not necessarily in a natural context. And mm -hmm. I feel like there are 
there's a lot to be had in nature, and I feel like he believed that too. He also was somebody who wrote the essay Civil Disobedience. So if you ever heard that, um, although it's been practiced before Thoreau, um, he it's a very um, popular American political, you know, literature or essay and has influenced a lot of uh, movements. And like I think Dr. Martin Luther King used civil disobedience and things like that. Can and you so, give me a TLDR? What's that? Too long didn't read. <laughs> Too long didn't yeah, read. Just like a summary. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean I here. No idea what. <laughs> it, it was originally called resistance to civil government. And, you know, I should have looked up more a better definition of civil disobedience, but it's, I don't think it was, um, it, from my understanding, like Dr. King, the, you know, like the march, the marches, the mm. sitting, sit-ins and stuff like that. Um, you're not necessarily just tearing shit down. You're not. Um, oh, okay. It's not large acts of violence, gotcha. but it's. It's other things. It's demonstrations. It's uh, boycotting, stuff like that. Mm. And I don't know specifically to what Thoreau was talking about with that. Like I said, I haven't read his work, but I might now, considering okay. the things I've heard. Well, I'm definitely getting a better picture now. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and so a quote I have with that is, I ask for not once no government, but at once a better government. And it seemed like he just, he believed, you know, there, there was a reason to have government, but... You know, it, it should be a good one. It should be a better one. You shouldn't be. Uh, he was very um, individual, individualistic in that sense. I wouldn't say egotistical, mm -hmm. but I would say it was all about, you know, uh, I think I had it up here, like self, self-reliance that um, uh, there was like a, a story I came across. I don't remember too well, but he was talking about like working to pay for to get wood or working to get a certain material how many hour, hours it would take mm. versus walking to go get it yourself. And it was like 30 miles or something, but apparently the effort in the time to go get that material, it was more efficient than working a job to go get that material. Ah. So it was kind of like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to do this? I mean, it may seem like it's it's not worth the walk like you might as well work and then just buy it in town or whatever yeah just because it's like they are already and more convenient yeah convenience doesn't mean you know efficiency um things like that and i i thought that was really interesting that um it's something that i've, I've thought about a lot of you know how can you how can you utilize convenience but also uh, not be consumed by convenience and know how do i use that like i drive a car <laughs> and we drove here i drove to our school and then they apparently were having an orientation or an in-service day and then kicked us out and then we're over over at the library mm -hmm. but um you know i drove a car there it was like 15 minutes up there 15 minutes here that's 30 minutes <clears throat> could we have just walked to a particular place would it have been easier mm -hmm. um, than paying for a car car insurance uh gas especially now gas is pretty high yeah you know, what would it have been better to just walk or even take one car or something like that, split the cost mm -hmm. of gas? <clears throat> Not sure. But, you it's know, out here in the Midwest, you feel like you need a car because, you know, if you want to get anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's just with cars. I mean, we just have so many roads and highways that stretch a long ways. Mm -hmm. You really do need a car. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like. And I feel like 
it depends on your lifestyle. Yeah. If your lifestyle, you don't need to go too far for things, then you might not need it. Because, I mean, we're by kind of more civilized. Like, technically, I'm in mm. the um, circle of Kansas City, even though it's not really the yeah. city. Even then, you still have to go a decent distance. Yeah. Uh, like, for work, I got to go about 15 minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm going, if I go to work or I'm up at Maple for school, that's like... 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes total driving back, you know, what if I just walked, could I save on gas and car insurance, you know, cause I don't have much money mm. anyway, you know, and that's gas is expensive and it's, it's a lot a week and car insurance is, is expensive. Would I have to work as much if I just walked? Yeah. And, uh, another thing is a lot of our roadways aren't really pedestrian friendly. <sighs> absolutely not oh you cannot get anywhere on and it foot. seems like what are like what are we doing here you know we're oh man i should have wrote that quote down by thoreau but he was pretty much saying that you know we invented um carriages and then lost our ability to walk mm-hmm. <laughs> and i feel like that's a similar similar idea it's like hey we have all this infrastructure set up for cars which is great it's yeah. great for getting things uh to places fast and in large loads but um uh, the pedestrian is kind of left. Yeah, it's kind like of alone. The, uh, the quote that Brogan said that he got from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> this ambiguity where I just, yeah, this one guy but said I, something I like. He said it because I listened to our favorite podcast in the works three times. <laughs> and he said it was something, we were talking about Snapchat. Oh, yeah. That was uh, uh, be, like using tools and not becoming yeah, yeah, tools we're of, um, we're tools of our tools, yeah, and that was yeah, another yeah, that, Thoreau quote. Oh, oh yeah, that was yeah. also Thoreau. I think that was Thoreau. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like because roadways cut across, like I was thinking highways, they cut across the land, and yeah. they almost form like these barriers. How do you cross the highway? Well, I think you got to find an overpass, right? Because in some some roads are. Uh, flat, but it's kind of dangerous to cross a highway. People are going at high speeds and you're walking across and up where we're at, there's a middle thing with a, uh, a large chain link fence above. Mm. So it's concrete barrier, chain link fence. You can't cross. You can't cross the highway at all. So you have to find an overpass and underpass to cross. You can't just like cross somewhere and, uh, you have to take the difficult road. Same with roads. I mean, just crossing the road anywhere is, even just the road we're close to right now, I wouldn't want to cross that. Even the intersection with the crosswalk, dude, that's dangerous as hell. I've seen people almost get hit there. So it's, I mean, I guess that's just a problem around here with roadways and kind of car culture. But again, we we have these cars, these tools to help us. And then um, they're actually hindering us in other ways and preventing us from living in a simpler way, which is concerning (laughs) it is concerning (laughs) especially when they keep building more roads yeah they're they're expanding out in yeah like further south in the country Mm -hmm. like uh where ashley lives oh yeah um just like maybe 10 minutes away from her house they're building more like apartments and houses even in uh just on over over west there they're doing that and yeah. there's not much out there but all of a sudden they're just these like it's so annoying five level apartments that just pop up and it's like it's not even close to anything yeah like at uh berkeley that they're mm-hmm. putting berkeley park the, yeah 
Yeah, they're uh, putting that uh, the stadium. Soccer. Yeah, the soccer and stadium. a bunch of other shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're literally doing two buildings at the same time in the same area. It was a it, it's a quaint little park in the city, you know, one that doesn't seem that dangerous. And um, yeah, you're just you're shoving a lot of shit there and there's large parking lots and lots of buildings and they have apartments close by now and it's just like, "Oh, man, yeah, it's getting out of hand." This area looks ugly and I don't think I want to be around a sports stadium in that park. Like it, it I don't know. That's that's a different type of stuff, yeah. and maybe it's positive in one way. I don't really go to Berkeley Park often, so to me... Oh, I stopped. I just don't know. <laughs> oh, because of that? Pretty much. Damn. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how bad it is because I don't go often, but mm. to me it just seems like, damn, another, you know, just another urban sprawl, big city, Yeah. Uh, even but though we're not a big city. It's spreading. Yeah. We're so, becoming a big city. Yeah, but it... Um, researching um, Thoreau was actually very interesting and he was he just talks about you know trying to live like actually live and not be you know ruled by your things and um, even with like civil disobedience and stuff just if you don't believe in something to not just be a sheep you know to be very individual in your mind um, and oh shoot quote i can't remember by him it is uh, just just somewhere it just in your own words <laughs> that's that's what i'm saying it's like a three word four word quote and oh, it, it is like the idea like but it's it's pretty much saying like uh think for yourself you know uh be yourself mm. first do that first you know don't be don't be somebody who doesn't think don't be somebody who just goes with everything and you know that is kind of difficult especially now like uh with what with what you're trying to do you know with what i'm trying to do and how how can i be myself and not be a sheep Bah. (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) how do i know that every every single action i'm doing isn't you know um something i was programmed to do by society so how can i be an individual thinker and i feel like some people take this to a an extreme to the point where they actually nuke themselves um, and they hinder themselves. And my question is, how do you use society and also be away from society at the same time? Like, be a part of it, but not a part of it. Utilize its benefits and not its negatives. But yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. a, a hard medium to find. Okay, so the next thing I came upon after that, which was. It was like 30 seconds was the um, the throw quote. And then 30 seconds later, he's talking about how he tried to. He was reading the myth of Sisyphus, mm-hmm. um, the essay, not the actual myth. And uh, he just didn't like reading it because it was it was so he just it felt dramatic. it was dramatic. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. too dramatic. <laughs> it was too dramatic. It was just a bit much. He, he felt like there was a pretty simple answer. Like it was like, yeah, dude, why are you thinking about um, this so much? He said that it was. I forgot what he said. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I know you had some stuff on Sisyphus. I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah. So um, just uh, real quick on the myth of Sisyphus. It's, well, like I said before, it's an essay by Albert Camus. Uh, he's a French philosopher and writer. And it just kind of dives into 
the philosophical concept of the absurd. So it's pretty much what's like the absurd life, life, <laughs> yeah, and how absurd <laughs> life can be. Yeah, but, it, yeah. Oh, continue. Um, Go ahead. Uh, the writing refers to the conflict between our desires for meaning and apparent meaninglessness mm. of the universe. So I guess another another way I heard that was the conflict between what we want in the universe and what we find, which yeah. I guess it's similar in that manner. Yeah, it's. It's kind of weird talking about this sort of stuff because it kind of touches a, a little bit of a lot. Like, <laughs> kind, kind of like, you're like, okay, that's a useless statement, but at the same time. Because <laughs> it's like, because we did a podcast on minimalism. Yeah. There's minimalism, essentialism, mm-hmm. there's existentialism. There's a lot of isms, yeah. yeah. There's just, yeah, there's a Which lot of... Which ism are isms. you? How many isms are you? Prob- <laughs> no. Probably a lot, a lot more than I think. <laughs> um, but it kind of, just briefly, it kind of goes down uh, with the absurdity of existence, uh, existentialism, and the search for meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, actually, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's it's interesting because, I mean, people say there there is no meaning in mm-hmm. Did uh Brogan ever talk about like what uh it kind of was? Okay. No, no, so, cuz he just talked about how it he was, he just mentioned it's like how nothing means anything okay. and so going further into the absurdity of existence um pretty much <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> so pretty much uh Camus was just like, "Hey, there's this uh dude Sisyphus who is you know condemned to pushing a boulder up a hill it's because he uh, cheated death twice, twice correct yes yeah he, definitely <laughs> and he's just he's just condemned to that and it's just meaningless because it just rolls back down yeah every hill. time he or right before he reaches the top it rolls back down and that's kind of his eternal punishment but yeah so that um a lot of people go ahead and just compare that to work because mm. a lot of people just work yeah. and it's just going through that meaningless or rep, repet, repet, repetition to, repetition cycle. yes thank yeah. you repetition Frequency. of doing the same thing over and over again and it's you kind of find it meaningless after something yeah you know i've actually kind of thought about that a little bit repetitions of stuff and <clears throat> of course repetition of certain occupations suck others are better but we do things in repetition and i've always found it fascinating that things happen again i don't mm-hmm. know if i've talked about this to you before but it's like so obvious of course things are going to happen again the probability of things happening again of course. Oh, yeah. but to me it's it's interesting how things repeat themselves how it's not just you know ever-changing newness how it's repetition how you're coming back to something you're doing it again and that's what we see everywhere and that's what makes so much beauty so much um structure and order and and even just um material or fabric of life is repetition what do you do every day i mean that's that's kind of question similar to questions we ask about like what are you doing now you know Mm. to you know get toward a goal in your future and it's what are you doing? It's not what he's doing exactly at this moment of like, oh, I am reaching with my hand. It's what are you repeatedly doing, working towards something? What are you doing again and again and again? I almost feel like repetition 
it doesn't make something meaningless. It puts a lot of meaning in something. And oftentimes it's, you know, why do you do this every day? Well, it's, it's for, it's doing it. You know, it may be the complete completion of something and the, the life, the death and the, the fact that it happens again. You know, once every hundred years, the flower blooms. And why does it bloom? Just because it blooms. And yeah. that's that's the story is it's going to bloom again. It's going to go through, you know, the budding, you know, things like that. Looking all ugly, maybe dormant, whatever. But then it blooms. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I kind of relate that to life because we we do. We live again. And again and again maybe not us unless you're you really think about like reincarnation and stuff not sure not going to get into that but i mean life happens over and over and it's it's a cycle and there are all sorts of cycles just kind of intermeshed with each other mm -hmm. and i feel like there's so much meaning in repetition i really enjoy that answer because uh what i actually have is uh that repetition of sisyphus pushing up the boulder up the hill is what people might think meaningless and absurd. You know, it's supposed to be absurd. Yeah, maybe his task is it. absurd, yeah. <laughs> but the the reading kind of goes into more of like, hey, we need to embrace the absurdity of really? life. So the yeah. essay isn't just doom and gloom then? No. Okay. No, not at all. So it's, okay. Um, it's more of... A, hey, I'm. This is how it's gonna be. This kind of compares to life, but you have to create your own path. You have to create your own meaning of life. You have mm. to find, you know, the beauty in things, that sort of stuff. So I definitely like your answer to that because <laughs> you literally quite did that. Okay, with yeah, the repetition. <laughs> and damn, that's interesting. And I like it's just about just rebelling against the meaninglessness yeah that's just forging your own path oh you say stuff doesn't matter i'll show you <laughs> but yeah it's just really hard to do that in just in general i want to yeah. say more in today's society because of yes. all the well, tools that we have well broader context as well because you know in one in one perspective of a society, you could be like the repetition's good. In another smaller or bigger perspective, depending on what level of perspective you're at, it could be good, it could be bad. Um, like if you are working a job that you actually hate and is not productive at all, it doesn't do anything. Maybe it even hinders everything. You know, mm -hmm. I guess this gets into more ethical type things. Yeah. Um, if you're doing that job and it is like pushing the boulder up and letting it roll down every day, but it's it's not even you know, just to do it, it's actually being negative. It's actually harming. It's not something that you feel is good. It's not something you can, I mean, you could embrace it, but you know, maybe you should stop doing this because it's not mm -hmm. posing a good result. Maybe that is a meaningless thing and that you should go away from that. Mm -hmm. You know, not everything meaningless should be run toward, you know? <laughs> yeah, so something that kind of goes into that kind of like side by side is, um, your well-being, your mental well-being. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's hard to find a purpose doing what you're doing, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, just because it at that point it is truly meaningless, and you might as well as just find something so more meaningful. I have I have heard of stories like this. Usually, it's with an important job, something infrastructure based. Uh -huh. I mean, people who plow, people who do you know firefighting, like wildland firefighters, and maybe even firefighters. But people who don't 
like their job and they feel like it is boulder rolling up the hill and then rolling back down but it's who else is going to do it mm-hmm. who's going to roll the boulder because it's going to have to be rolled by somebody to maintain meaning to maintain order to maintain health um so there are people who are like my purpose is to roll the boulder because no one else will i see and that's kind of a a strange place to be of like responsibility and it's like you're foregoing your i guess enjoyment in a lot of things to roll the boulder i see this with parents you know parents who are providing for their kids and you know they're working hours maybe in a job that's not productive at all maybe it's shitty and they're working their life and just so their kids have a roof over their head just so their their kids um can have an opportunity in the future and they're rolling the boulder they're rolling the boulder man because who else is going to do it Mm -hmm. and then when you're old enough and you have children hopefully you're more successful and in a better position but you might be rolling the boulder for your kids and so on and so forth and at that point, is it ever going to get to a point where you're not rolling the boulder? Why are you describing my life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because then you get to, okay, what if the boulder stops rolling? Then what do you do? That's true. Yeah. And then that's where analogies break down, though. Because then you could say, oh, I'd have a party. Oh, I'd just go work a different job. And then you're like, wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> so but that's where analogies break down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like you could do nothing, but I feel like we're, we're made to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, you just want it to be good and fruitful and be live life and be at peace. Even if it's hard work, even if it's tough, um, you roll in that boulder, um, you enjoy that suffering, you know, (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the suffering. Go into like Buddhism and that, like everything's suffering, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just, just take it as it is. Which I guess that is another look at it. You can bring in Eastern philosophy into that Western. There's so much. (laughs) I know. I know. Sorry. Do you have more on that? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. And so, um, that kind of moves from, philosophical stuff that was like in the first minute he mentioned these things (laughs) and i just kind of went i listened to the quote and i was like all right all right all right and then later i was like oh oh okay and then understanding who thoreau was i'm like oh oh there's more to this it's deeper and there's more even to what we were saying and the myth of sisyphus he just mentioned it and i'm like i have no idea what you're saying and he just gave a brief synopsis, but there's more. There's it's there's dramatic. stuff to it. Yeah, maybe it is dramatic. It probably is. I'm maybe it's better to spark note I'm it than to read it. Interested <laughs> in reading it? I'm interested until you know some of the language that's used is just like you're like okay, I'm just reading words here. Not mm-hmm. sometimes summaries are great, <laughs> and then going back and looking into the quotes, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I certainly want to read some more Thoreau now because it might be um, useful information. Um, so the next kind of timestamp I had, it was when he was talking about how he was being uh, in public school and then he, he didn't want to do something in school. And so he told his mom, hey, it's too easy. Um, <laughs> you got to homeschool me. And then, and then they did. Wait, so the reason he started homeschooling was because of a confrontation with the teacher right something like that is that it's like 
he was being told to do something or he had to do something and he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. And so he was, he was pretty much just like, yeah, just homeschool me. Bitch. It's too easy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want, I don't want to deal with this. He teacher accidentally, I think improved his education. No. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Cause then we asked like, you know, um, how would it be different if he stayed in public school versus homeschooling? And he said he would, he's worried that he would be normal. And that was a that was a good question. I was like, how normal would he have been mm. if he went to public school versus homeschool? You know, how would he be different? And something I wish I thought of is like, what are his siblings like? You know, versus him, what were their schooling experiences versus him? Mm. Um, yeah, because it it just seems like something that would affect you a lot, especially if you have good homeschooling. Like, which it seems like he did. I don't know. And I, it's something I've also heard about. A lot of people want to homeschool their kids because not only do you, uh, I mean, it might be a better education, but also ethically you can teach your child about your values and they could see and they're with family and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you can discuss things. You could get into things that you teachers either aren't allowed to in schools or uh, they impose certain ideas on children at yeah. um, young age. It makes me think of that song. It's like, teachers, leave those kids alone, you know? <laughs> I don't know that song. Oh. <laughs> it's like, we don't need no education. Um, anyway. Just a quick background. Um, Brogan, uh, born and raised Kearney, Missouri. Kearney. 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 Kearney, Missouri. Kearney. Um, you went to public school until fourth grade. And decided to switch to homeschooling. <laughs> decided <That's>, to. <laughs> I mean, he kind of, I mean, tricked his parents. Yeah. <laughs> unintentionally decided to be homeschooled. And Goddamn that's, right. That's the gist. Yeah. Um, fourth grade. My question is, grade. would he think the same way? You know, how much, because I feel like public school, although it exposes you to a lot, um, it also exposes you to a lot. <laughs> I feel like he w- wouldn't necessarily think the same way just because you have so many other people influencing Yeah, do you him. think he'd be as free-thinking, outgoing, and motivated as a person? I feel like it would be, even if his spirit is that way, maybe he's a little subdued. He would be a little... Yeah, I feel like, like the he pressures of society. He might have picked up a lot of habits. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you're exposed to a lot, but you're also exposed to a lot. yeah. And I can't tell you how many people, you know, they go into public school or they're already in public school or they or they go work someplace that exposes them to a lot of things. And they just down the tubes, <laughs> down the tube. I mean, we saw it at a restaurant that we both worked at. Like there were people who they were exposed to certain things because high schoolers would work there and yeah. they were exposed to things and they'd be fine. Others, they were exposed to things and they just they just took it ran with it crashed you know so it's yeah i don't know it seems like he's got a strong spirit but you don't know how that um how that conditioning would have changed Mm. um also i I saw like he had to reintegrate into a public school system yeah in fact he started dual credit in college uh at 15 yeah which is wild (laughs) at 15 He's at 15, his, like, I was a freshman in high school. He's I'm, his driver's permit. I took, I took some college classes in high school, but that wasn't until, um, I think, one junior year. 
and then a bunch senior year, right? Mm-hmm. But 15, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't even driving. He yeah. started college. Yeah. And he mentioned that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't being exactly the most consistent with college throughout, mm. which, I mean, that's fine. I mean, enjoy your life. I mean, <laughs> if yeah. you're doing college at that age, you're ahead of the game, man. Take mm-hmm. your time. Go yourself a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, how is it hard to, or why would it be hard to reintegrate into a public school system? And I feel like it's because now there's like, there's lots of rules and. Well, with the college thing, she was also in the classroom with at least people who are 18 years 18 old and or above. older. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, that's intimidating. It is. That's intimidating. Uh, yeah. No, I. So I think that just made it a little bit harder. <laughs> I bet. But I mean, I guess it's a good thing because you're exposed to older minds, but at the same time, they're younger minds. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Yeah, <laughs> it's just when you're younger, you're just... He said he kept to himself a lot. Yeah, so. I would say if you're younger and you're around a lot of older people, you're, you're just, you're more easily shaped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And... But it seemed it seemed like he made it just fine. You know, he's doing all right. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I I enjoy listening to his like lifestyle and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, and it's I don't know, just going from homeschool to being fifteen and then being dropped into college. Yeah, <laughs> that's most people have a hard time transitioning transitioning from high school to college. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine going from high school than at 15 going to college it's no it's it's practically and the teachers elementary too. school to college yeah elementary school to college that's yeah. right and you know how the teaching styles are different and now there's a way that class is conducted there's mm-hmm. a way that education is conducted and you have to kind of play the game a little bit um so it's it's different and i would like to kind of speak to him a little more on that i mean we we've touched on it but I don't know maybe get some more scoop mm. um the next thing i kind of oh yeah i was talking about dual credit i was impressed at how fast and soon he was going through school yeah he has two semesters left yeah and he's 18 18 he'll be uh but he's only associates, associates arts yeah. yeah but still most people start at 18 <laughs> i started at night. yeah 19 and because of my late birthday and i just wanted to break i started i started at 18 and um just kind of fumbled through because i i had no direction and no desire um for school and so you know it took me same brother multiple same. years to complete associates i didn't even know i had my associates they were i oh. went to the um advisor <laughs> to sign up for classes and she was like i see here you have an associates in arts i was like when did I get that? They're like, oh, last year you uh, you graduated nice. with an associates in arts. And I was like, nice. what? what? And she's like, did you not receive awesome. this stuff? I'm like, I must have forgotten about it. I don't even know if I got mine. I don't know if I have one. Or I guess I have one, but I had no idea. And I need to go look and see if I have the certificate somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I may not have the certificate. I, <laughs> I might have just graduated i mean I, uh, you're, you're still going for something else so i mean it's I it's kind of whatever apparently i have completed some school i had no idea that, anyway that's a cool surprise <laughs> yeah it's a really cool surprise i thought i was just like you know just doing a program but i guess yeah. i have like some sort of point to be proud of like hey i've completed more college i've already than done more college my my that's siblings cool. none of my siblings have gotten um 
associates in arts. Uh, and yeah, that's not like, a, started, oh, I'm better than... It's just I'm the first one yeah. of my siblings to have completed an associate. Because your brother is just working. And then yeah, he, yep. college was is, not for him at the time. Is your younger brother just uh, just working? No, he's, he's apprenticeship school. for apprenticeship. mechanic. Apprenticeship, okay. Yeah, he was a lube tech, and then he did fantastic. Like, he was the best. Um, in fact, they, they fired other people, and he was the only lube tech wow. at the dealership. And he was doing all the oil changes and rotations for um the whole area because mm -hmm. a lot of other dealerships just sent sent people to that one yeah um and so he was he was fantastic and they're like hey um he was gonna go change to a place who was that was gonna give them more money but i guess a new manager came in and was like hey would you like a pay raise and an apprenticeship that's cool so now he's a technician um, getting paid by the job for certain things and he's learning he's doing uh, particular courses for that specific i think it's toyota um, oh that's cool yeah so he's doing specific courses online and also working doing a phenomenal job so he he's making his way in another way that's why i'm saying like just because i finished associates in arts which looking back at that that's not yeah my, that's uh, like shit. my brother-in-law <laughs> uh didn't i mean he he tried out college yeah, but it didn't. He didn't like it, so yeah. he decided to sell cars, and then that led to changing jobs to selling software. And then he worked his way up. He actually just got a promotion. No way. Uh, before he used to manage uh, like three states with the team. Yeah, with selling software and closing deals. Now he got a promotion with dealing with all 50 states no way yeah that's so it's big promotion big bank <laughs> hopefully hopefully bigger bank at least but definitely working a lot more because it's all 50 states and then you have to deal with time zones too yeah so, so. it's yeah i'm not dogging on people who don't go to college i feel like i feel like if you know something that you want to do or if you at least want to try to make money or you kind of know what you're looking for and work-life balance or if you're just trying things out, if you can't do school, if school is like you just you have no drive for it, but you have drive for work and you know how to um, get experience, better yourself and move positions, you know, go through and go for that. Because there, there are a lot of people that get places, but there is a wall at some point where a lot of employers might go, hey, you need to have college experience. That's becoming less and less now, but that's still that's still there in some places. What, did we have a class together where the yes. teacher was like, my friend worked at an airport and couldn't get a promotion because he didn't have a degree. So he, yeah. so someone, so someone else with who was like fresh out of college just got it. Yeah. Which is, to me is ridiculous. But I mean, I guess with college there is, it's a marker of a certain level of, Hey, I did this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know though. It's it's I'm mixed feelings on college, especially only an associate's degree and yeah. even bachelor's degrees. But yeah, it, yeah. it's Get a marker specialized. of something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a marker of just general education, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, and work ethic. Because if you are generally educated, I mean there is a difference between, you know, people who have written essays before, like communication style, people who write and people who don't. And um there are a lot of people who are self-motivated who get that shit done. They have wonderful abilities and they will beat out the college kid every time. Um, but there's a large swath, swath of population that if they don't go to college, um, 
they won't work on certain st- skills and it will take them years or they will never get to those skills. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think college is always the best answer for that. Um, but it is a marker of, hey, you did this. You, And some degrees are kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. Do a useful degree, guys. <laughs> or one you're extremely passionate about. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was just impressed by that. And I'm curious if he will do more school. You know? Yeah, he has a lot of plans. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Oh, I left that page blank on accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. The next marker was kind of further in. Um, he said, and this is kind of off of what we were saying. He said he wanted to be a job hopper and do what he thinks is fun. And I think that's a good perspective at the moment. I think so. I think right now it's um, it's not prosperous. It's not safe to necessarily be in one place forever. Like if working at the same place for years and years and years and years. I just I just feel like there's lots of businesses are screwing over people. I mean, even like retirement stuff is getting effed and it's just it's kind of a shifting time and being a job hopper isn't the worst. Um it's not. I actually like that because you get experience. Yeah, you get experience. You get a wide you get thing. to, you know, test the waters in multiple different things. Uh I like I had that time where I had three jobs mm-hmm. at one point. I pretty much got bored of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I haven't worked since, but it was it was nice just, you know, dipping my toes in <laughs> in, in chocolate. In no. different ponds. <laughs> yeah. In chocolate in and peanut butter. Pond. Yeah, you know, no, just, uh, just tasting it. I mean, you know? I've only had two official jobs and I've been there for because I needed stability for school, right? Yeah. Um, but those two jobs just the first job gave me and a lot of experience. But when I switched to the second, I mean, you just get a much broader perspective in experience and you learn different things about the stuff you learned in the previous job. Mm-hmm. And um, you just utilize things differently. And um, I work in a grocery store now. I worked at a restaurant before. And it's interesting how things overlap, even if they don't really have much to do with each other. So I, I just feel like job hopping, you get a good broad perspective on life although you got to be careful how you do it because some places won't even hire you if you're like hopping all the time um so i guess you know if it matters maybe it doesn't matter depending on uh what kind of work you're going into and his minimalist ideas kind of help with like the fluid fluidity and these potential jobs because if you don't have much to pay for and you don't have much you don't have to worry about moving costs and um, you know, you don't have to worry about money. You can go the two months, you know, without the, you could go in between jobs or you're not like, I have to work here for the pay. I have to be here at least another year. Cause I'm paying off this. You're mm-hmm. kind of freedom or free in that aspect there. So, and then that kind of goes right into what he was talking about with van life. I mean, he bought a van, he wants to do van life. Uh, or I hate saying van life because of, you know, all the shit that, that out there. He would like <laughs> to live minimally and in a van. Um, he still lives at home. He just sleeps in his van right now. And it, it seems like his parents aren't like, hey, you got to get out of here. And they'd probably be fine with him coming back. So it's, he's not necessarily homeless, but technically that would be. Yeah. When he, I don't know how far into it he is now. I think I he's think it's still just, over there, but 
a trans he's just in like a transition period yeah and he's just slowly he's young enough yeah. man he's young enough i'm 23 and still at home i'm turning 26 yeah <laughs> <laughs> which economically hard times had a little rough thing in there whatever it is. you know um, there's I'm no houses for my, to buy either it's all rent yeah i'm i'm thankful for my uh parents Definitely. i'm thankful for my parents um but yeah i'm he's he's young he's young and it why not? Why not? Yeah, you're. Absolutely I don't think his right. parents got a problem with it. It's like <laughs> he seems like he's got some good parents, honestly. Definitely. But yeah, he talked about sleeping in his van. Yeah, I have a bunch here with uh, van life, and I'm curious if you acquired a van now, could you do van life? If I were to do it personally, yeah. Um, if you if someone either gave it to you or you somehow acquired a van, would you do it? Could you do it? No. No? I Why? could not do what's that. Hit, what's stopping you from doing that? It's more of having things set up in the van because mm. that will take time. Okay. Well, all right. If you acquired a van, would you, within a certain amount of time, whatever it is, not like 10 years, you know, maybe within a year, would you, and you had the funds to do it, um, you know, Get your van set up and do van life. Oh, if I had like the funds to do it, I mean, I mean, maybe not like serious modifications, but just just general. like the basics. Does that yeah. like some how to get water? Yeah, like where you store your water, just how you set up your van. You know, it may not be modifications to the car itself. But I would like say the setting I up. would be able to do it, but only for a certain amount of time. So you think it would be more sporadic, like yeah. you'd kind of. Maybe leave for a month, come back, stuff like that. Probably longer than a month, but yeah, definitely stop after a few months. So he he's, talks about this, and he just kind of wants to be around the city with it because he wants to work. Mm. And so this is something I also saw on YouTube of van lifers. Not all of them are like the, I'm going to go travel the whole country. I'm going to go experience. Some people, it's like... Yeah, I just I live in my car because I want to live simply and I go to work. I just I go to different parts of the city and that's where, you know, I park my car and sleep. Yeah. But, you know, they have a routine in the morning. They <laughs> go to Planet Fitness, you know, or wherever, shower, get dressed, you know, go to work every morning and they do van life. So it's kind of a different perspective. It's not that very beautiful sounding um thing where it's like oh you're going travel seeing the world you're free you know you're still working every day yeah. so i mean would you be able to do that how does that sound to you if you were to do that would you rather just be at home i think i'd rather just be at home but yeah. that's just me personally i'd yeah and of course you also um, i mean your parents are fine with you staying there um yeah. so i guess it would be I don't different to stay there though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you want to move on yeah, everyone wants to kind of break out of that, break out of that shell. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, you could, like, would you be able to do that if you you would have to live minimally? You would. That's just part of it. Um, so he also talked about, um, you know, going out and like chopping chopping a tree, making a cabin on some property or his parents' property, stuff like that, and. You know, something that I've I've always kind of wanted to do is uh, a lot of bushcraft. I've always leaned toward it, 
but you know i just time wise and location wise there really isn't much what exactly is bushcraft oh um just you get pretty much your tools your saw axe knife whatever rope and you're being able to live out in the wild and uh thrive be able to build with what you have mm-hmm. and not external materials is kind of it okay. so it's it's almost survivalist but not um, just because you're a bushcrafter doesn't mean you're like trying to survive in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot, a lot more minimal, in that sense. Or it could be extravagant. It's it's just you building things outside with natural materials that you find, not like two by fours. Mm-hmm. You know, using like an axe or a saw, not like chainsaws, things yeah. like that. Uh, so people make cabins, people make tree houses, some people just make shelters. Some people, it's like camping to them, but in a slightly different way. They don't use a tent. They make their shelter. You know, they make their, um, like, cooking, some of their cooking tools. They'll make their spoons, you know, things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen. Okay. They'll, they'll try I've to, like, make furnaces and make stuff. You can, you choose how deep you get with it. Yeah. But it's almost okay. like just living off the land. Yeah. And I, oftentimes people just do that. It's, uh, I remember seeing videos of people doing that. It's really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I've thought about doing that. I mean, he's talking about doing that stuff, and I think that's awesome because he just, oftentimes he just does what he thinks about. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate his level of freedom with that because, I mean, I could probably do that, but there are things kind of tying me down right now. You know who else appreciates that? Who? Drew Wright from our last podcast. <laughs> Make sure you check it out. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he did say that. Yeah, he did say that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another thing you talked about was um, ultra marathons. And that's, I think Mm -hmm. it's like anything past a marathon is considered ultra. And 30, 31 hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, that's wonderful. I mean, he's somebody who he listens to and read a lot of David Goggins stuff. And, you know, David Goggins isn't only, like, about running. A lot of his stuff is, you know, mentality and, you know, grit and um, the, the, the mental lab and just seeking, understanding, learning about yourself through hardship. Oh, it's almost like Thoreau. Interesting. But not <laughs> I mean, quite. Thoreau's a lot more. In, or, no, Goggins is more intense of, with the physical nature of it. All of Brogan's ideas and his lifestyle kind of go hand in hand. So, I yeah, mean, yeah. they're all connected. Um. But yeah, so it, that he kind of, so David Goggins does a lot of ultras. That's something he's known for. Um, but there's more to it than that. But yeah, running is his mode, his mental lab. Um, and so Brogan, that's kind of where he picked it up from. And I know he was trying to do a 24-hour run. I need to ask him about that. I should have asked him before the podcast, see how that went. But he mentioned it. Um, I wonder how it's going, if he accomplished his goal, how far he got, things like that. But I mean, ultra marathons are pretty serious, and it's something that would be nice to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to run that far or for that long, yeah. however long. And um, it just, it, oftentimes I hear running is meditation. I think in some Eastern cultures, running, there's like, there are these monks who, to reach enlightenment, they have to like run like twenty miles a day for I can like three years or something like that. Because or it's that a point, method of doing it. Yeah, because at that point, just like meditation, and you have to live off the land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, a form of med, it's like a form of meditation, just uh, 
grounding yourself and being more present. So yeah. I can definitely see that. And I mean, there's something, something about walking and running with the brain. Mm. I've, like I've heard uh, like neurobiologists talk about it or neurologists. I don't know. Somebody, somebody who knows the brain. Yeah. Neurologists. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. Yeah. See. Sorry. Wait. No. Okay. Nah, hold on. No. Neurologist. That's like the how the brain works. Works yeah. like physically. Psychology is like the mind. Yes. But they go hand, kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Okay. Um, one's more of a hard science. The other's more of a soft. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, yeah. They were talking about how just what walking and running does for the brain and thoughts and ideas and that going for walks and running is is great for the brain, great for ideas and great for thinking. And so it kind of makes sense. And I mean, when you do go out and do something physical and difficult, you really do learn a lot about yourself and a lot about uh, life and your limits. So it's something to maybe think about and to incorporate into your life. You know, how are you challenging yourself um, to, to see where you are, you know, mm-hmm. test your bounds, you know, understand where you are, your limits, because <laughs> I, I almost think of it like with the uh, with the body, like, you know, where your hands are. Right. But I mean, if you you touch your hand to your arm, it brings attention to where your arm is. And I almost think of it like that. You're just seeing where you are, who you are. Not okay. sure. <laughs> it's like putting candles in your in a dark room. It really illuminates what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was like 15 minutes in is when we were talking about ultra marathons 19 minutes in is when we started talking about nerf you want to get into nerf? just a little bit okay. i have only a little bit because <laughs> i don't have anything about nerf okay i, know, I didn't really grow up with nerf so. i look more into nerf and funny thing i saw i was on facebook marketplace just before i was doing the research because mm-hmm. i had my computer on i was taking care of some things and i was like just looking around and i saw this listing for like 500 dollars, and it was like a nerf nerf guns and i was like oh for 500 dollars, that's not a lot of nerf guns i click over on the picture more nerf guns click over again more nerf guns click over again more nerf guns click 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 all nerf guns click the nerf darts click the accessories if it's not modded i'm not interested <laughs> this guy <laughs> this guy for had so many nerf guns so many in the there were a lot of them that were the same but he had like variety he had like the discs the darts the Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, the mega one, the big darts. Do so you get the gel ones? <laughs> the no, gel balls? not the gel. He had <laughs> okay. like some of the ball ones, the ball shooter. Okay. But it was insane. And I was like, holy shit. So I texted Brogan, I showed him. And he was like, oh yeah, I was actually just looking at that listing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> As he funny. says that he's trying to get, get rid, rid of, of his guns. Yeah. <laughs> That's he might, funny. Um, he mentioned he might buy, because I was talking to him last night, actually. Uh-huh. He might get a Nerf shotgun. Which some of them, I guess, actually shoot like four darts at once. Uh, the one he's looking at uh, has shells. They're half darts. And it functions similar to a real shotgun in the sense that it has a shell. But also shotguns, you know, they have tubes in the bottom where you load the shells. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually has a tube in the bottom. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so it, it that's why the shells are there because the um, it'll actually pull it up and into the chamber when you mm-hmm. pump it. Right. That's cool. And it also has magvet option. So <laughs> you can get the long legs. I thought that was interesting. That is. Um, I also looked in some modded Nerf guns because that's one of them. Uh, the other one, I think it's called like the Zinc, but they had like five eyes because it's a modded Zinc. The Zinc is already a modded one, 
but this one's even more modded. It shoots like 220 feet per second, and it's a pistol that shoots half darts, and it looks like a like a full size real pistol. Not, not real. It doesn't look real, but it has the size of a full size pistol, mm-hmm. um, a real one, and uh, it has, yeah, it's like 210 dollars for it. <laughs> but apparently it's powerful as hell like it'll punch I mean, through cardboard 20 feet it's far I'm, I'm per sure second or per second yeah it's uh, just got power uh i think brogan was saying that the getting into it it's like regular nerf has like 70 to 100 this other dart tag has like 100 to something mm. this modded one has 220 and even okay. the regular zinc i think has like less than 200 maybe mm. um so it's it's powerful and okay, so I watched a video of a game people were playing, and they played Capture the Flag, and they had an actual like setup. Uh, almost, you know, if you ever played Call of Duty, like the maps, it looked like one of the small maps, and they had all sorts of barriers. They had cars, like old cars lying around, and they had structures and uh, hills built up, and it was a map. It was a straight up map. They had rules. All the dudes were older, you know. Um, but modded guns and uh, they were playing capture the flag and it looked really fun and it looked friendlier than the airsoft community <laughs> oh yeah because the airsoft community i've seen videos and it's just like hate 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 people who don't play the game right and yeah. um, when they're hit they don't go out but it seemed like all the nerf videos i um looked at you know they they played the game you know it seems like it i feel like if you're playing nerf you have to be a certain type of individual and they may just be a nicer community what do so, you think about the paintball community um i don't know i haven't seen too much about that i think it depends on what part because i think there's competitive paintball and then there's more like your other styles of paintball yeah um i think it's hit or miss with that because with paintball like when you get hit everyone knows you're covered in paint mm-hmm. um that's true yeah. and your areas are smaller all the paintball videos i've seen they're not like oh yeah they're like narrow more narrow yeah they're more close quarters they may have some pretty spread out maps but generally even like airsoft i've seen a lot of them where it's like whole ass like compounds and like buildings spread out like where it would take it would take a long time to cross the map right and other ones where it's, they're doing airsoft in this huge expanse of land to simulate almost like warfare, right? Mm. And so it's like really, really long ways. Um, where paintball, I've only ever seen it. They have elaborate maps, and um, they're a lot more close together. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, it seems like paintball's generally fine, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, laser just, tag. I always... Laser tags, like whatever. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm misspeaking. Uh, but I found airsoft. Every video I've seen, airsoft always has way more problems. People who are egotistical and don't want to play the game right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Nerf. It seemed like a pretty nice community, and it's a pretty expansive one online too. There are Nerf influencers who've got like quarter of a million followers and post videos every day. And it's not just the Nerf guns; it's the the modded ones and stuff like that. But yeah. It's like legit. It's legit. Some of the pistols are full auto and it's crazy. So <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all I got on Nerf. I just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that how much was out there with Nerf. I didn't think there was much and how elaborate it was like the games they played, like capture the flag, team deathmatch, stuff like that. All right. So 
kind of jumping farther because we talked for like 20 minutes about Nerf in that podcast. So <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, <we did. laughs> these timestamps are kind of weird. You know what I was thinking when I was yeah. listening to our favorite podcast in the works? Yeah. Uh, episode 56, uh, the Nerfing Nomad featuring <laughs> Rogan Cooper. That you should go watch. Yeah, yeah you what? should go watch. Yeah, what were you thinking? I was thinking, man, this is a nice conversation between Brandon and Brogan. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was more like I wasn't in there at all. Oh, okay, yeah. But like, you, because wow. you never grew up with Nerf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never grew up with Nerf. Uh, Which is unfortunate. only so much I could like interject with yeah, like, questions yeah. and stuff. And but. I casually grew up with Nerf. It seems like Brogan was a little more involved <laughs> and still is uh, wait is he an only child no he's got brothers okay, okay. And sisters brothers and sisters i'm not sure in my head i'm just thinking how did he get into nerf as a kid but without... he was talking about how his brothers or his siblings oh, didn't like yeah, playing that's with him. right so he he was always trying to like play with other people that's and get right. people together and i guess that okay. just perpetuates him now all right so the next one at like 40 minutes in we talked about minimalism um and I just wanted to ask, we did a podcast on minimalism a while ago. How yep. have you utilized minimal, minimalism? I mean, look at our podcast settled now. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. But <laughs> but in general, in your life, have you used it? Have um, you? And how do you, um, do you look at it different now since the podcast, since you've known about it? In terms of minimalism, I... I actually haven't given it too much thought. <laughs> yeah. I did think about what Jew Bright said in our last podcast, episode 57. <laughs> Do we have a title for that one yet? Um, I think we made I a title. put one. What is it right now? I don't remember. Okay, we'll we'll see about it later. But anyway, um, what was I saying? He talked about cleaning his room. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I decided to tidy up my room just a little bit. Uh, I'm definitely going to get rid of the more unnecessary things that I haven't used in a while. Like what? Uh, the cricket stuff that I had when I was trying oh. to do my shirt Shirts. brand. Yeah. Are you going to try to sell that? I'm not going to sell it. I, I, I'm just going to put it into storage for now, but out of my room. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're like edging minimalism yeah. here. It's, <laughs> but with like the accessories like the extra pens and stuff or and like so are you mats. just kind of seeing what you actually use and like you put stuff away and you're like yeah if i need it later then maybe yeah. i'll keep it so i'm gonna cut down on the cutting mats because there are like three different cutting mats and then other than the three cutting the three different I don't know, types. There are also different sizes of those yeah. three types so, oh, so you got i just like have all of a bunch of mats yeah so I'm just kind of cutting down on just really just stuff, yeah. just storing it away, not so much throwing it. I out. gotcha. Yeah, I've I've definitely <laughs> should be. Um, it it affected me in a way where I I kind of think about things more. I'm like, is it worth it? Yeah, it's really good. Do I use it? Um, and that's for incoming stuff. I'm a little bit better about incoming stuff. Um, I'm still still having trouble getting rid of some stuff because it's like useful and. I'm in school, but just because I'm in school, you know, and yeah. not using it doesn't mean later. And I'm kind of broke, and I don't know if I'll be broke coming out of school, so I don't want to get rid of things that I might need that I can't purchase later. Because if I had a bunch of money, maybe I could 
just sell some stuff, give it away to people. You know, I don't want to waste anything. Um, you know, and if I had the money, I could just buy it again when I needed it. Mm. You know, some things like that. It's just, if you have the money, why are you keeping it around? If you only use it once a year, you could buy it once a year every time. Yeah. If it's something inexpensive per se. Um, another thing I've been doing is I've been kind of recycling some of my stuff, mm-hmm. like wires. Yeah. Uh, I would just strip the wire and then take the smaller wires inside and use those because uh, I've been learning. I've been going over soldering again. Yeah. So that's been fun and difficult, but it, overall fun. But you've been repurposing. Mm-hmm. I've been repurposing stuff and, you know, I just don't want things to go to waste as I throw things out. Yeah. That's another thing. And just, I guess as you get older, you realize how much shit's wasted and you don't really want to waste a bunch of things. So I've also been a little more cognizant on, you know, if I'm making food, how much I'm making, you know, uh, if it's going to be, if things are going to be thrown out later, maybe just don't get it. You know, I don't know what to do with my extra monitors. Cause remember I bought three for, <laughs> uh, for our podcast <laughs> downstairs. You want one? Yeah, I'll take one. You got an arm for it? It comes with the stand. I guess that'll work. Because <laughs> one of those arms by itself is like over a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The monitor is still like a hundred bucks, yeah, but, but it comes with a free stand. Yeah, I'll know? take yeah, ten bucks. Fine. Ten bucks, sure. Okay. I think I have ten bucks somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm strapped for cash, but I'm, I've been needing a not necessarily needing. It's been. It just helps a lot with homework having two screens. Especially since a lot of things are online now. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So that was kind of minimalism. Then we talked about uh, video games. And I wanted to... We used to play a lot of video games. I still time to time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How over the years has your relationship with video games changed? And how has your taste changed as well? Do you get excited anymore about them? Uh, Not as excited... I get excited when it's something that I kind of like grew up with. Yeah, nostalgia. Almost. Yeah, like uh, I, as a kid, I loved like the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. The new Spider-Man game is coming out on PS5. It kind of <laughs> makes me want to buy a PS5 just to play oh it. Oh my God. I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I don't even have a job. Yeah. So I'm excited for that for when it finally releases on PC, maybe like two years after. Mm-hmm. But other than that, not so much. Yeah. I have been playing a little bit of Minecraft here and there. because uh, <laughs> It always comes back. They've been I, adding a lot. And Minecraft has just slowly mm-hmm. been getting more intricate. Well, I don't even know. I just I play mod packs with, my, with Ashley. Oh, yeah. Danny was playing on uh, her iPad. She just got an iPad because oh, uh, the that. school, she had um, a bunch of I can't do the mobile. She had a bunch of bookstore credit or something Uh that like she didn't use because she didn't need anything from the bookstore, but uh, they were the bookstore sells iPads and they had a deal. And so she pretty, pretty much kind of got a free iPad. That's cool. So yesterday she was playing a little Minecraft. I can't do mobile Minecraft. I hate the controls. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I started out on because all mm. I had was a Kindle. That's right. Um, 
and I guess the same with her. She she only had a tablet, so she started out on that Minecraft. But yeah, um, I've done. But they added some stuff. It was kind of cool. I've done uh, mod packs. It it's all the mods. I remember that. So it's it's quite literally like three hundred mods <laughs> added on top. Dude, of I remember we put so much on. It made it so fun. It did. It made it so fun, and also the shaders. Oh god. Yeah. I would play. For a while, the only time I would play Minecraft Minecraft is if I had shaders on. Because shaders make it make the water look real, make the grass look a little better, you know, the sky more real. It just, everything looked beautiful. Whereas standard, you know, vanilla Minecraft, um, it just wasn't beautiful. So I, I just really enjoyed shaders. And mm. yeah, you mix that with a good texture pack. And yeah. Minecraft is so enjoyable to just be inside and play but yeah but yeah so to answer your question <laughs> there's only i'm only so limited on what i find enjoyable yeah. and am excited for and so yeah you just you don't play too many games but you're not like anti-game you're just not as yeah i mean i i still get excited for like the pokemon games yeah cool. <laughs> nostalgia yeah so if you played it when you were younger then you're kind of interested when you're you older. Know, Tetris, Snake. So, Brogan, a quote that I liked from him was, I got bored with video games and excited for real life. Yes. And I liked that because, I mean, video games can be great, but there's there's a lot out there. And then we touched on that in the podcast, so I don't want to just say that all over again. Mm -hmm. But I did want to get into um, how video games can be useful, and that was simulation for real things. And I mentioned that already in the podcast with Brogan, but I then saw a movie trailer um, after the fact that was really cool. And so they're, apparently the movie is out, but I, I don't know. But it's a movie, it's called Gran Turismo. Oh, yeah. And it's about someone named uh, Jan Mardenborough. And he was a kid who played an F1 racing game on a console. He had, like, the steering wheel and the pedals. And they had a competition that he entered into that uh, they would have a chance to, um, what was it? They, oh, race a real car. And then, um, depending on how that race went, they could actually get into professional racing from it. Mm -hmm. And so he, he won. He was one of the finalists for the, the game version, the simulation and then he actually got behind the wheel and he also won that race. Um, and so he he kind of became a an actual race car driver from games because he, he pretty much was training. it. He talked about how he knew how to tune cars and like what different suspension and other things would do, how it would affect the car from games. And that was so that was taking that's because the game had kind of realistic mm. effects to it. Yeah. And um, he could practice racing pretty much. Now, the difference, there is kind of a gap you have to bridge. And I think that's part of the movie is that you can't just immediately take someone who plays games, put them behind the wheel and it'd be the same. Yeah. There is kind of a gap. Like there are physical forces when you're a race a car driver. And yep. I saw in the trailer, they were like, yeah, you have to be an athlete to be a race car driver just because of the amount of force, the G's that you're pulling on turns. And so there's that and also when you're athlete more like mathlete <laughs> when you're playing a game um if you kick up dirt dust or if you're spinning you could kind of see right yeah but um if you're in a car the rumbling of the road affects you if somebody hits you 
that affects you. If dirt is thrown up, you can't see at all. And there's just more factors. So it's bridging that gap between the video game and real life. But that guy went on to be, um, I think he's still racing, but he did like GP3 and GP2 racing. And then I think he's in Formula 3 right now, which I think is a slower Formula 1. I don't know. I just did brief research on the guy. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was I thought it was really cool how you know, it's games that is a very good example of how games translate cuz in one of the races he was like, "Dude, I've done this track like a thousand times already." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it helps him with that. And I mean, another thing to think about is, you know, pilots use simulations. It's mm-hmm. pretty much like a beefed up video game. Yeah. So to my point that I was talking in the podcast, like video games can be very useful. Yeah. And even, how do you make them useful and fun? Even aside from the simulations, even like years ago, like 10 years ago, there were still studies of how games can improve someone's like cognitive function. Yeah, and like problem solving. Problem solving, creativity, mm-hmm. reflex, yeah. that sort of so thing. So how do you get games that are going to build that but also be enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that's what I was talking about. That's all I really had on video games. I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's so cool. Like, imagine you're just in your, you're just playing a racing game and then years later, you're actually racing that at like cool. high speeds, like behind real cars. That's a cool story. Yeah. So I kind of want to see that movie now. I think it's Gran Turismo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we talked about with Brogan work-life balance because he, he really just wanted to work like 20 hours a week. Mm. and um just spend time with people yeah and be minimalist in that sense like you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of uh expenses so you don't need a lot of money Mm -hmm. and you know thoreau actually i think he worked only like one day and for funds i think i'm not sure if it was even for money but he i think he only worked like one day a week and so i wonder if that directly influenced but we talked about work-life balance and, you know, how did, what is that to you? And we also mentioned how, like, maybe maybe the job you do, you enjoy so much that work-life balance isn't a thing. Like, it, your work is your life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just uh, your thoughts on that. Like, <laughs> I, I put, you know, uh, how does one use the system without um, being overcome by it? And to me, that's that's very much a, a struggle. How do you be a part of working, but also be able to have your life? Yeah, that's definitely difficult just because a lot of people are different and then everyone has different circumstances too. Yeah. Because some people would have to work. Yeah, to right survive. now I have to work. Yeah, exactly. I have to work. So, so. <laughs> God, that's, that's such a hard question to grasp mm-hmm. there's so many factors and it may be like i think there are books like four hour work week stuff like that where it, it tries to answer some of those questions on how you can maybe make a business or do something to where yeah it's just those books are trying to sell you on something though a, a lot of them are so some it's, some just, it's more of a just principles and ideas uh yeah the the ones that touch on principles and ideas are amazing i love those but yeah, yeah there are a lot who are they're writing the book to sell so that they don't have to work <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just like but I, yeah i've heard of people who are just long-term part-timers 
and they just live minimally. Maybe they invest really well in stuff, but they don't, they're not full-time because they want to do other things. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's, I, I used to wonder why you would do that as a kid, but also at the same time understand because it's like, why wouldn't you want to make more money? And now, you know, it's like, more I money, see. more problems. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that kind of went off. Anyway. But yeah, so that was, that was kind of one of the last things um, really talked about. Um, we talked about some more stuff, but I feel like if you just listen to the podcast, it's, it's conversation enough there. I didn't have anything to add. And yeah. just looking on time, make sure. Okay. Um, so the last thing I wanted to um, talk about was Brogan himself. You know, what did you enjoy about speaking to Brogan? Um, just really his ideas and just, hey, I want to do this. I'm probably going to do gonna it. Go I'm going to, my, my dad works here for a nonprofit thing. We'll go I'm going to go help. Yeah. Yeah. He makes, uh, he, Cool. Making homeless bags like food. Oh bags. yeah, he only made two at that time, huh? Yeah, but afterward, I remember um, he opened up his van and he's mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, I got all these. I gotta." And they're like non-perishable. So many flags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so many. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to cut down on those, I think. But I just um, I had a couple bullet points that mm -hmm. I wanted to read, and okay. I put Brogan is down to earth and enthusiastic about his interests. Uh, he is comfortable in himself and present in the moment. Uh, he questions the things around him, uh, around him, and seeks personal growth. And he is open to interactions and enjoys spending time with people. And I think that describes him pretty well. Um, I think at so. least without going into specific. He could practically be be his own philosopher. Yeah. Philosopher. <laughs> I I just I enjoy that someone at that age is thinking like he does and is oh, doing yeah. as it's, he does. It's wild because he's he is so young. Yeah. Most people don't get there until they're mid-20s. I'm curious to see how his thoughts will change as his forebrain develops. You know, just because, I mean, it doesn't stop developing until like, what, 26? Somewhere. Oh, I'm getting pretty close. I You're think, about there. You're I fully thought, developed, right? I thought Mills right? was 25. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm curious to see what other thoughts he has as, you know, his, his more conscious thinking brain mm -hmm. um, grows. And um, no, like, I'm just I, excited to see what he does. I would definitely. He, he got off all social media, though. So I'm like, ah, I can't just look, you know, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It will be hard to track him down. You too. have to be like, hey, what have you been doing? And he'll only mention what he mentions you know yeah <laughs> so god damn it because he once he deleted snapchat i had no idea of what he was he's been up to well, now he has stories to tell yeah if he, he tells them the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> part of me is like just just post a little thing here or there just just a little bit just so we know you're alive and doing stuff because um of course i'm not gonna it's not a big deal. Um, hopefully we'll have him on another time and he'll talk about stuff. Cause I know he left the podcast. He was like, man, I wish I, there's so much more I could have said. And I'm like, yeah, everyone feels that way. Like <laughs> there always is your, your perception and, um, thoughts in your brain are so expansive. They're hard to just put out in words in an hour or two. It's the worst when you're recording and you feel like you said everything and then you have that thought right after it's just like, yeah especially oh, man. yeah especially when re watching stuff you're like 
you think about it more because i like what we're doing here with this is mm-hmm. that we're kind of going back and talking about it in a slightly different way um but even this like i have to remember what i was thinking about randomly in the car to write down here and if i don't remember it when i'm writing it down it doesn't make it into the thing again so mm-hmm. it is what it is um you know you seek to get down what you can but obviously you're gonna miss stuff but it'll come back around usually yeah yeah i feel like everyone has very accurate perceptions already they just need to need to know how to see it and how to tell it mm. so all right I'm, I'm pretty much done is there anything you wanted to mention there is something i want to mention okay remember to like comment and subscribe follow us on spotify for new episodes coming out yeah and don't don't forget to comment because yes. we love comments so i want to uh, i want to hear you know what what did you like about brogan um i mean you could comment in the podcast with brogan you could comment in this podcast you know what are your thoughts on his thoughts what are your thoughts on him what do you like about him uh, don't be negative i mean pretty cool dude <laughs> you know don't say stupid shit but also comment in this video um some things you might have learned or you thought were cool or ideas you've had your favorite part from our last or our yeah. other podcast episode 56 the nerfing nomad <laughs> featuring <laughs> broken cooper yeah yeah so, so hopefully when this comes out we'll have drew's podcast out as well another guest oh will be it set for soon <laughs> soon um so yeah so when this comes out that will be out and um, hopefully we'll do this with drew's podcast as well um he he had a lot in there as well i might have to look up more philosophy so but school starts next week for yeah. me so it might be a little weird but we'll try to get it done um i'm excited and but yeah comment uh if i don't respond i'll try to respond if i like it it's because i like what you said <laughs> <laughs> and I but have no words. i don't know how to respond yeah. to that um but I'll try to respond if I can. If I could think of a way to respond. Just know I, I want to be genuine and I want to be, um, you know, positive. But sometimes I'm just not sure what to say. So I might just like it instead. <laughs> yeah. But just please comment. I, I would like to see. I want to see more in the comment section and more uh, thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got anything else? Nope. That, that is completely it. All right. Well, I certainly enjoyed this. So. Yeah, it was, it was good. All right. Well, I'll see you guys later, I guess. Bye, guys. Thank you for watching In the Works by Brandon Nusso. Subscribe and like for, for more.